Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Dave Moore. The time is half five. You're listening to Manx Radio. I'm Dave Moore and this is Update. Welcome to the programme. Half an hour of the latest news in the art of man, plus Manx Sport, Business, Sea Watch, and travel updates, along with the newsmakers in person. Coming up. Government wants to introduce legislation to prevent some gas customers having supplies cut. And we also hear what you think of plans to close Southern Swimming Pool. A former chair of the OFT says the island was caught with its trousers down with Tesco's takeover of ShopRite. And we look ahead to the weather tonight as an amber warning for ice and wintry showers comes into force on the island. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, the update news headlines read by Lewis Foster. Foster Mai. Foster Mai. Government has many issues to address following the publication of a report into its handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Chief Minister Alfred Cannon has been responding to Kate Brunner Casey's findings at this month's sitting of Timwald, confirming the report will be debated at April's sitting, along with an early assessment of government's response to the 31 recommendations made. Gritters will be back on the roads again tonight as temperatures are expected to fall below zero. The Department of Infrastructure says they'll be gritting the roads from around 9 o'clock once the rain has passed. And engineers from the shipyard where the Manxman Ferry was built will be on the vessel this week. The steam packet says there will be vibration monitoring equipment in some areas of the ship. It's part of an ongoing program of quality assurance. In the international news, the boss of Fujitsu's apologised to sub-postmasters caught up in the Horizon IT scandal. Paul Patterson's told MPs there was a moral obligation for the company behind the, so- the faulty software to contribute to compensation for victims. The former immigration minister who quit over the UK government's Rwanda policy says amending the bill is the last opportunity to get it right. The UK Prime Minister's facing opposition from some of his own MPs ahead of the voting, which starts around now. And US officials say America's military has launched a further missile strike on Houthi rebels in Yemen. It's understood it wasn't planned, but instead an opportunity to target the Iran-backed group over its attacks on shipping vessels in the Red Sea. Those are the headlines. I'll be back with more at 6 o'clock. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's private client team. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Rain at times this evening, but the clouds start to lift and break later, causing temperatures to fall as low as minus two in some places overnight. This will lead to widespread ice forming on surfaces that remain wet, damp from today's rain. The fresh to strong west wind will veer to the northwest and ease light to moderate as the front passes through. A chilly and icy start tomorrow and remaining cold all day, with temperatures rising to just 3 Celsius on lower ground and remaining sub-zero throughout the day on higher ground. There will be some spells of sunshine as well as some wintry showers in the afternoon and evening with a light to moderate northerly wind. And there's a risk of further icy patches and wintry showers on Thursday, with some bright or sunny intervals at times, light to moderate northwest wind and a top temperature of 5 Celsius. Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double and triple glazing. Call 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. 
Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. A former House of Keys candidate has been spared jail after being caught with indecent images of children. Tessa Hawley has this report from Douglas Courthouse. David Anthony Fowler of Victoria Road in Douglas was sentenced at Douglas Courthouse today after pleading guilty to five offences. During sentencing, the deputy high bailiff told the 55-year-old it was clear he had an obvious sexual interest in children. Police searched the 55-year-old's previous home on Stevenson's Way on the 19th of May last year. As well as a childlike sex doll dressed in a school uniform, they found 45 photographs of naked children stored in a cardboard folder. Fowler was arrested and told officers he didn't think the images were indecent because he didn't believe the girls pictured were under the age of 16. The court was told the material recovered was at the lowest end of the scale used to measure the severity of indecent images. Fowler's advocate told the court there was no sophistication to his client's offending, adding his understanding of the internet was rather naive. Fowler, the advocate said, had used Google and not the dark web to source the images, adding his belief that anything which appeared on the search engine was legal was a grave misunderstanding. Addressing Fowler in the dock, Deputy High Bailiff Rachel Braidwood told him that behind every indecent image he possessed was a child who'd been abused. Indecent images of children are not only photographs, she reminded him, adding it had been particularly concerning that he tried to minimise his sexual interest in the youngsters. Sentencing Fowler to 20 weeks in custody, which will be suspended for two years, she also imposed a two-year probation order. Fowler, who stood unsuccessfully to be an MHK in three election campaigns, will remain on the sex offenders register for the next seven years and will be the subject of a sexual offences prevention order. Tessa Hawley reporting. Now, government says it's confident it can continue to offer children the same access to swimming lessons if a decision is taken to close the Southern Swimming Pool. But the Department of Education, Sport and Culture has admitted it hasn't fully assessed how much it will cost to transport youngsters to different facilities around the island. Julie Edge is the minister. We have other primary school children in other parts of the island travelling significant miles to get to a swimming pool. You know, I'll pick one out of the air, Laxey. You know, it's sort of in the middle of it. It could go to Douglas, it could go to Ramsey. So we do have other other schools that have to travel distances to get to swimming pools. But the priority here is to make sure that we do ensure we live on an island. We need to make sure that children have access to being able to swim because we're surrounded by water. And we will make sure our children are our priorities who receive swimming lessons going forward. So have you costed how much it would cost if you... For instance, all the, all the schools that use the pool in the south have to, say, travel to Peel, have to travel to Douglas or have to travel to Ramsey. Has your department actually costed that? Well, we've looked into that. However, until this goes to Timwald and the decision is reached, uh, it's it, you know I couldn't say to you there's the fully costed plan because until it's been to Timwald and the decision um, comes out of Timwald that our recommendation to close happens... And that's a significant piece of work to carry out. We've got we've got a rough rough idea. However, um, once this goes to Tim and I think from the reaction that we've had so far, there could be a different approach that comes to Tim that we don't know about. 
as of today. Um, so, you know, we are still going to Timwald with a recommendation for wall closure. So if you think about the initial first year costs of this recommendation, it will be higher in the first year, but going forward from that, it would be mainly costs for transportation of our students. We're already transporting students to the Southern Pool from all of our Southern schools, but the additional mileage um, to get students to, to either the NSC or whichever ever pool it was obviously would be costed, but this, there is significant savings. So what do the public think about the potential closure of the pool? John Moss has been to Castletown to find out. Excuse me, madam, do you use the swimming pool here in Castletown? I don't, but I would if it stayed open. I knew it was going to close down and it was in disrepair, so I really didn't think taking my kids would be the right thing to do, I guess. My um, little brother is goes to Castle Russian, so he won't be able to go swimming anymore. So I like taking Amelia swimming as well, and the f- only place we can go is all the way up to Douglas now, when we live in Port Erin and I don't drive, so getting an 18-month-old all the way to Douglas is a lot more hassle than it is to come imagine, to Castletown, yeah. Do you use a swimming pool here in Castletown? No. What, do you swim, though? Occasionally. Where? At the NSC? Appeal, yeah. Appeal? Yeah. Why don't you swim here, just out of my curiosity? I, I don't swim that often. No, so it's so, not the state of the pool. No, it's... I probably haven't swum for about a year, to be honest, but when I do, so I'm generally down at Peel, and it's, it's only... Uh, maybe if I'm doing recovery exercise or something like that from cycling. I think it should be reversed. It shouldn't be closed at all. What about the state of it? I don't Are you happy with it? I don't see a, a big problem with it, really. It shouldn't be closed. But uh, you don't use it, so it doesn't because affect you. Because of all the children that go there. Because of the kids from the Victoria Road and, and uh, Balasala and everywhere go to that pool <laughs> for swims and everything. Yes, I think they should keep it open. This is Manx Radio. You're listening to Update. Now, an amber weather warning comes into force later tonight for ice and wintry showers. And George Shimon from the Met Office joins me live on the show now. So, first of all, George, what can we expect? So we've got this cold front passing through later this evening and as it's clearing it reintroduces much colder Arctic maritime air. As a result temperatures are expected to fall below zero. This is initially over the hills but then later on in the night all of the island will drop below freezing level. This will lead to ice forming on areas that remain wet from the precipitation we had overnight as well as today. There's also the risk of some wintry showers affecting the island at times tonight. Any accumulations are expected to be slight, mainly up to about two centimetres, perhaps three or four on the higher ground. So um, the sun's looking to be out tomorrow, but temperatures are still only going to rise slightly, uh, maybe three degrees on lower ground, and it'll stay freezing on the higher ground for much of the day. Uh, there's the further risk of some wintry showers, particularly in the afternoon and evening, so frost is expected over the next few days as well. So it's looking like um, the risk mainly is driving to the conditions that are on the road. They will be out gritting tonight and probably tomorrow morning as well but it's just pay attention and take care once you're out there tomorrow morning we had some winter showers last night how will tonight compare to last night in terms of will it be slightly colder um it will be colder yeah in terms of the showers that we're getting it's always a bit tricky to pin them down by the nature of showers it looks likely that if we do get any showers it'll be mainly in the south but uh, any accumulations as mentioned will be slight you know we'll get a couple of centimeters of snow uh, at most but it's um it's the main risk for this is the ice that will form overnight tonight and how long are we going to be in the grip of this for? Well, all day tomorrow. And then in terms of when it picks up, it's looking like we're back returning to westerlies with wet and windy conditions from the weekend onwards. But for the rest of the week, it's looking like there is the risk of frost and ice as well as some wintry showers. George, thank you for the update from the Met Office. George Shimon there about tonight's uh, weather. 
Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. Okay, so let's see what's going on with the Manxman. Uh, departed Hesham at 11 minutes past two this afternoon. And a quick glance out of the window shows it's not here yet. It should be in just on the just coming up to six o'clock. It will then leave Douglas at quarter to eight this evening and then arrive into Hesham at half eleven for a turnaround. Again, leaving at quarter past two tomorrow morning, arriving back here in Douglas at six. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. The chair of Isle of Man Post Office, Stu Peters, insists it has never used faulty software which led to the false convictions of hundreds of people. Between 1999 and 2015, more than 900 sub-postmasters and postmistresses in the UK were prosecuted for theft and false accounting because of bugs and errors in the Horizon programme being used. But Mr Peters says it was never used here. I asked the question at Isle of Man Post Office, have we ever used Fujitsu? Have we ever used the Horizon software system that seems to be behind all this? And the answer is a resolute no. So uh, Isle of Man Post Office is absolutely sort of <laughs> blameless for once in this. And I'm, I'm delighted to report that to people. So no, we, we've not got the same problem here that they've had in the UK. Generally speaking, then, uh, the relationship between Isle of Man Post Office and its sub-postmasters, is, is that a positive one? Yeah, generally speaking, it is. Isle of Man Post Office came out with a new contract a while ago to reflect the, the very changed business that is Isle of Man Post Office. You know, remember that that was an organisation that was set up with a monopoly, a legal monopoly, to deliver post. It didn't include parcels, and there's always been competition for parcels, but we had a monopoly on post. Nobody sends post anymore. Nobody, nobody, few people now go to the sub-post office to tax the car. I used to go into Mr. Braywood's place to tax all my cars on a regular basis. You don't need to do that now. You can do it online and it's so much easier. So the post office is, is facing massive changes and it's trying to reflect that. So it came out with a new contract for sub-postmasters which reflected those changes and uh, the majority of people have signed up. There are a couple of people who have chosen not to and that's their right. If they want to stay on the old contract, that's fine. And I think there are three sub-postmasters who've not made the mind up yet. So we're hoping to get that cleared up over the next few weeks. I think two of them are due to meet up with the post office. Manx Radio Business Briefing. Financial services company Capital International Group is now a partner with ESC, the green charity which supports the island's transition to a low-carbon economy. The Energy and Sustainability Centre Isle of Man is an independent, not-for-profit registered Manx charity which encourages the sharing of ideas and knowledge to promote a secure, reliable and economically viable transition to low-carbon energy. Capital International Group stated they're striving to become carbon neutral by the end of next year and are committed to building a better world for generations to come. ESC now has five corporate partners with Capital International Group sitting alongside Zurich Isle of Man, KPMG in the Crown Dependencies, the Peel Group and Best Energy Solutions Limited. Young drivers have been hit hardest by the highest car insurance costs on record, with some facing premiums of nearly £3,000, according to Confused.com, the price comparison firm. They say on average 17 to 20-year-olds had seen insurance rise by more than £1,000 from the same time last year. Overall, on average, drivers face paying 58% more on car insurance compared with last January. Confused.com blames a post-COVID increase in claims and higher costs. The Stock Market Report. 
Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European shares traded lower while the British pound weakened against other major currencies after data showed that the UK average earnings grew less than expected for three months ending November. The dollar rallied as investors tempered their expectations for a March rate cut from the Federal Reserve, while the pound and yen dropped as inflationary pressures subsided. Oil prices fell as investors monitored the impact of tensions in the Middle East. Gold prices slid, pressured by a firm US dollar and Treasury yields, while investors eyed remarks from several Federal Reserve officials this week to assess the likelihood of the central bank's interest rate cuts in the year. Morgan Stanley reported a slide in fourth quarter income on Tuesday as costs in its core wealth management division jumped. The Wall Street Bank reported net revenues of 12.9 US billion at 12.9 billion US dollars in the 3 months to December the 31st compared to 12.7 billion dollars a year previously. Pre-tax income declined however to 2.1 billion dollars from 2.8 while net income fell to 1.5 from 2.2 billion. On to the markets. The FTSE 100 is 7,558. That's down 0.48%. The Dow Jones is at 37,421, down 0.46%. And the Nasdaq is at 14,978. That's up 0.04%. The exchange rates, the pound against the dollar, 1.266. And against the euro, 1.163. Commodities, Gold is at 2,034 US dollars, that's down 1%. And Brent is at 78.58 US dollars, that's down 0.08%. You've got an investment plan? Yeah, Mike set it up. But don't you need loads of money to do that? Not this one. It's called Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall and you're paying monthly as little as £100. So it's like saving regularly, really helping us invest in the future for a house or the kids' education. £100 a month? I could easily do that. You should. The sooner you start, the better. Invest in your future with as little as £100 a month. Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall, the island's investment specialist for 75 years. Call 717171 or visit ramseycrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Update brought to you by Simcox Advocates. The island was caught with its trousers down when Tesco took over ShopRite, according to the former chair of the Office of Fair Trading, Martin Perkins. The supermarket chain bought all nine local stores last year and plans to rebrand them in the coming months. Mr Perkins says the move should have been open to investigation. Well, the problem was the secondary legislation wasn't in place and that would have said anybody getting more than 51% of the market share would be investigated. But none of that was in place. And so Tesco's, you know, the island was caught with its trousers down. Presumably Tesco knew that. I would think so, yeah. I mean, their marketing is, is very good. Having said all that, they've made a pledge that they will keep their prices the same as the UK, plus a little bit for carriage. So if we get five pence on a box of cornflakes, then that is quite reasonable. And if I was in the OFT, I would be making sure that the officers monitored the price in the UK and actually kept that pledge of just a few pence on each item. And I think if we can do that, and they, if they can also bring in a cheap line in children's school wear, that would be great. I don't know whether we can uh, have their mobile phone thing that they offer. Uh, probably not, but we should be trying to persuade Tesco's to do that. Manx Radio Sport. Faster my Darren Timpson and Rob Pritchard.
Faster Mai, good evening. Starting with athletics, an Isle of Man athlete, Regan Corrin, has made history during competition in Yorkshire at the weekend. Whilst contesting the Northern Athletics Senior Under-20 and Under-17 Indoor Championships in Sheffield on Sunday, Corrin set the furthest ever long jump distance by a Manx athlete. Having fouled his first two jumps, Corrin then managed a distance of 6.94 metres to take the Under-20s men's long jump gold medal. It surpasses the Isle of Man outdoor long jump record set by Phil Riley at the 2007 Ireland Games in roads by two centimetres. Motorsport now and one of the Isle of Man's karting competitors has scooped a prestigious award in the sport. At the 2023 Ultimate Karting Championship Awards evening in Manchester this month, Jay Pearson became the recipient of the 2023 UKC People's Choice Award. It's his second UKC accolade in the last two years, having also been recognised as the most improved driver in 2022. In football, FC Alavan's Tiernan Garvey has been snapped up by a sports recruitment organisation in the USA. 5-0 International announced the signing of Garvey this week, saying the midfielder will be available to join them in fall 2024. Speaking on the player's qualities, 5-0 International describes Garvey as having all the attributes to succeed in the USA. And in cycling, Isleman rider Ben Swift has been taking part in the opening stage of this year's Tour Down Under in Australia today. The Ineos Grenadiers competitor managed to help get teammate Jonathan Naviez into the contention at the front for the large bunch sprint finish at Tanunder, with Naviez eventually finishing fifth. Swift himself crossed the line in 97th place overall. Eastside Tires and Service Centre with one year's free engine warranty from Castrol. Get more with The final cost of the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company's flagship vessel Maxman has been revealed. Treasury Minister Alex Allenson told Timmel this morning the project was completed at a total cost of £80 million, with final adjustments likely as part of the company's upcoming year-end processes. The published cost with various meter outlets of the maximum was £78 million. Um, this was the projected cost for delivery to Douglas. Um, additional costs of £2 million are cost to, to get her into service and includes trials or ports, including wages, fuel, pilots and tugs, etc. Marine evacuation system deployment for training, cutlery, crockery, bedding and other equipment required for passengers. So the total cost at the moment is £80 million. Um, that um, is, is compared with a budgeted total cost for the project of £84 million. Supplementary order. I suppose the question is for the Minister, is, is that book now closed and the, the costs of bringing the asset now fully realised? Or, for example, are the engineers that are over from Korea at the moment trying to address the vibration problems on the Manxman? Is that yet to be included in the, um, the sum for capitalisation for bringing the, the ship into use? Um, in terms of the warranty period for, for this, which will cover the handover, there is an 18-month warranty on the hull and main machinery, 12 months warranty on everything else. Um, and also the steam packet company have also agreed extended warranties on other items um, in terms of a five-year um, warranty on paint, <coughs> additional six months on the main generators. In terms of some of the snagging problems that have been, <coughs> would be expected to be encountered with any new vessel coming into line. As far as I'm aware, those are covered under the initial warranty, um, and so I don't anticipate any extra costs being passed on to the balance book of the Isleman Steam Packet Company at this time. Also in Timmel this morning, Infrastructure Minister Tim Crookall addressed concerns about the future of Tramway Terrace. There are no, absolutely no assurances at the moment on this at all until the inspector has been over and told us what we can and can't do and until the health and safety inspector tells us that site is cleared and fit for purpose. If it's not, for any, way, for any reason, 
then the horse jams won't run the seat. And that's, that's the bottom line of this. If, it's, if that site is not fit for purpose and it is not safe to enter, then the horse jams won't run. Now, I do not think that will be the case, but that is the bottom line of this at the moment. We are working, doing our best at the moment with the inspector and with all those involved and with DEFA to try and get this sorted uh, to a satisfactory conclusion before the start of the season, let's put it that way. And as to the shape and uh, what happens to, the, as to the, the state of the building and what happens to it in the future, we'll obviously have to work on that once the inspector has been. But there's been absolutely no way that the department has ignored the building on, on purpose, if I can put it like that, to let it get into such a state of disrepair that it, can, uh, that it has to be taken <coughs> down, if you like. Yes, as I said earlier, it probably it would, could have had a lot more work and money spent on it to bring it up to, state, up to a decent state. That hasn't happened, um, and there's definitely no visions for the building or the site at the moment until we get the inspector's report. Everything at the moment uh, depends on what the inspector says at the end of this month.